on today's episode of Created. And uh, he's like, I want to use you for like an ad. And I'm like, me? He's like, no, not you. Friends like you. So bring them on. Exactly. So I needed to find like 35 people to come out in like August on like the hottest day of the year. And uh, I'm like, do I get paid? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do my friends get paid? There, He's like, yeah. And I'm like, is there any free beer? And he's like, yeah. I mean, this is... This is like the 90s. There's still like cocaine in the budgets. I mean, it was crazy. Oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, he's like, I think you'd be really good at casting. And I was like, this is amazing. It was the best 600 bucks I ever got paid. Welcome to Created, the advertising and design club of Canada podcast that uncovers how some of the best campaigns get made. Theme music and recording studio, Care of Grayson Music. And I'm Loranda Martin-Evans, founder of Fellow Human Creative. On today's episode, we're talking to Shasta Lutz, casting director and owner at Jigsaw Casting. Shasta, welcome to the show. Hello, Loranda. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a treat because it's such an essential part of making great work come to life, the casting process. And now you're going to tell us how we can really make it work for us. Absolutely. I'm going to give you your own little shasting session. Shasting session. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I mean, we see we see how important casting is in almost every treatment. So um, yeah, fire away. Okay. So listen, in the show, we usually unpack how a few campaigns get made. So why don't we start there? Why don't we start with the story of Unapologetically Human? So can you tell me about that, what that campaign was and what the request was from a casting perspective? Yeah, for sure. So um, Unapologetically happened just around COVID. It was one of my first jobs back. Um, And when I say back, I mean like back to my kitchen table. Um, (laughs) And uh, it was with Scouts Honor and Mark Zebert. And with Mark, a lot of his creatives and the specs that you get in are just kind of, I like to think of it as like an organic process. It's, um, you know, hey Shasta, can you do this job? There's like 10 people. And then at the very end of it, there's like 37. So this job was a real challenge for me because it was going to shoot in Vancouver. And I didn't uh, actually have the confidence to um, to actually accept it. So I tried to turn it down right out of the gate um, by saying, you know, maybe there would be somebody who would be better uh, because a lot of the specs were uh, not ne- necessarily like traditional specs through um, agencies. And they're like, yeah, 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 no, we hear you, but um, okay, great, so you're doing it. So I'm doing it. <laughs> so um, there's this kind of new thing that's happening now, which is self-tapes. And um, as somebody who's not familiar with the Vancouver um, talent agencies, let alone the talent, um, I had to look through every single resume. And we ended up seeing approximately uh, like just over 850 tapes. Oh, my God. You so, watched 850 tapes? Uh, yeah. Well, I split it up with the team. Uh, oh but there were God. over 850 tapes. And, you know, this was also a non-union project, which is kind of relevant for uh, what's happening right now. Like, what is possible? And um, it, it, it started off as like 10 people, then 15, then, you know, 30. And the great thing about Mark is I will say like, hey, I cannot find this. I'm going to be putting all my resources towards this. Um, is there something else? And he's so good at the pivot. So um, we um, put this together. We did all auditions uh, via um, um, self-tape. And then we did a couple of Zoom calls. And of course, um, you know, a lot of actors weren't used to doing Zoom. So there was like these like Dexter kill rooms or <laughs> people auditioning in their basement <laughs> with like pink insulation and black pipe. And um, but funny enough is that we only did a few actual recalls. Almost everything was booked off of tape. Really? Yep. Yeah, and that was to uh, save money. And time because so many resources had gone into the actual casting, which is you should get Mark in here because I don't know how he did it or sold that through. But so Mark ha- has a great relationship with you. He does. A, he must do all his casting through you on the Canadian side, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mark's um, Mark is really one of the a handful of directors that will actually turn to me or text me or sidebar and say, "What do you think?" You would think that that happens more often, but he is really a collaborator and he'll be like, hey, what do you think? Um, And it's just, it really inspires you. It makes you feel like you're a valued partner. And so I I really love that. There was actually um, 
an issue, uh, a political issue with one of the casting specs. And uh, I had no issue to call and say, hey, I think that this is, this is not politically correct. I think we're going to get a little bit of blowback. Um, and I think that um, it has to do with being comfortable of who I am. Because in my earlier years, I just wouldn't have said anything. And, you know, when you look at nightmares like Pepsi or something, this could yeah. have been a serious nightmare. And we just nipped it in the bud. And it was like, thank you so much for bringing that to my attention and yeah so, so was it had... an issue with the script itself or the casting spec was... it was a casting spec okay yeah it was a casting spec and i you know i don't want to lay it all out but it was just something that was um you know maybe uh, not a lot of people had given it uh, a lot of thought and when i saw it i said hmm, something's weird here i'm going to take it to somebody who's got more knowledge than i i do and they're like yeah no you don't want to come out of the gate with that and i was like thank you so much for letting me know that so let let's unpack the the the, sh the Shasta story a little bit because mm -hmm. you said oh earlier in my career I probably wouldn't have said that how did you get into casting where does your story start oh okay so it starts in uh, 1991 and um, I was unemployed I had worked for the Jeff Healy band uh, really th yeah through my teens um, what do you mean you worked for the band like a roadie. <laughs> yeah, roadie. Like more like a like a girl Friday or something. I was um I was dating this guy and uh, I was like seventeen or so. And what? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was dating this guy and he um he's like, Okay, I'm gonna go to work or school and let yourself out and so I'm like, Okay, cool. So I'm downstairs making some coffee or something to eat and this kind of half naked guy comes down and I'm like, Wow, this guy is really hungover And I was like, Hey man, how's it going? He's like, Hey I'm like, You want some coffee? He's like, Yeah, sure. I'm Shasta. Who are you? He's like, oh, I'm Jeff. Hey, how's it going? And so we're chatting and he tells me that he's in a band and that he's playing at like Grossman Tavern or Albert's Hall or something. And so I invite my friend on the Saturday. And uh, of course, Jeff is uh, See the Light is just about to drop in the U.S. Uh, my girlfriend started dating the drummer. I went over to pick them up one day, saw all this fan mail. I was like, who's answering this? Nobody. And then, I mean, I worked for them for what? almost four years. This is bananas. Yeah, yeah. I actually didn't finish my last credit of high school because I was like, yeah, no, this is way too cool. Oh, okay, okay. So, okay. So you're doing that. Yeah. But I thought I would be a record man. That's what I thought. I would. Casting was not... Casting was like, what? What? This is bananas. All right, all right. So you're doing this. For, you did it for four years. I did it for four years. So like from 17 to 21. Um, and then uh, I so left you didn't go to school, obviously. You're like, leaving high school, I'm going to yeah. go be yeah. with the band. I think I got five out of my six credits, and it was just like, I just did not want to turn down this opportunity. I mean, sure. you're getting to talk to B.B. King, and you're hanging out with Steven Tyler, and you're... Um, being flown out to Halifax to because the you know the um, the road manager can't make it, so you're picking up like ten thousand dollars in cash. Oh it was, God. and it was just them. They managed themselves you're with. 17. Uh, I'm seventeen years old, uh, and uh, it's Donna was the manager, and she was like the coat check girl at the Diamond, um, and so like she was my idol, um, and it was just like the fi the five of us. Oh man, there's probably a lot of stories. A lot we can of spend good a lot. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Like yep. many, many hours of this podcast just unpacking that. Absolutely. Okay. Four years later, you say, "Yeah, so, I'm 21 now." Yeah. Well, it wasn't even that. It was. Uh, it was a. It, this is something that stuck in my life um, as a owner of a company, as a woman, as a manager. Um, is that I asked for an opportunity to go out on the road to be the press secretary because I was like, "Wow, that job looks so cool," and Lorraine. She was uh, taken off for two weeks and, and they said no. And then I was like, I just don't feel valued. I have just been honestly developing film and flying girls in and out across each other. And uh, I have given you guys everything for, I think, like 350 bucks a week. And um, and so so I left. So I was unemployed and somebody called me and they're like, hey, 150 bucks, 10 bar, 60 Sumac Street. I was like, 150 bucks, amazing. And so what's so funny is that that's the building that I'm in now and have been since 1996. I attended wow. bar. The next day, this guy came up to, this guy called me. And he's like, man, you were so great last night. And I was like, thanks, man. I had a great time. He's like, I'd love to use you for a, a Molson Canadian campaign. And I was like, what, me? You know, I was like pretty hot, I thought. And, you know, <laughs> I like long hair and great little waist. And he's like, no, no, not you. People like you. And so that was my very first job. So we did a stills ad. And then... An what do you mean it was your very first job? You were in the ad or no, you were no. recruiting? No, oh, I had to bring all my friends. Yes. Sorry. I had to bring all my friends. I cast the ad. And, and you're... What? 
Yeah, yeah. So he's like, I'd love to use you for a Molson Canadian campaign. He was a photographer. Sorry, it was yeah. a photographer's party. Okay. And uh, he's like, I want to use you for like an ad. And I'm like, me? He's like, no, not you. Friends like You're, you. So bring them on. Exactly. Bye. So I needed to find like 35 people to come out in like August on like the hottest day of the year. And uh, I'm like, do I get paid? He's like, yeah. I'm like, do my friends get paid? There, He's like, yeah. And I'm like, is there any free beer? And he's like, yeah. I mean, this is... This is like the 90s. There's still like cocaine in the budgets. I mean, it this was is, crazy. Oh my God, this is amazing. And I was like, I, he's like, I think you'd be really good at casting. And I was like, this is amazing. It was the best 600 bucks I ever got paid. So, so you're like, do you just call everybody you know? Yeah, like I had four ex-boyfriends. So if you ever want to get into casting, always be friends with your exes. Um, I had four ex-boyfriends, uh, well, current and three. Um, and their new girlfriends, and it was just like so cool. And then I guess maybe mm, three months or so afterwards, somebody, a producer, called me from the ad agency, and she's like, "Hey, I got your uh, number from Richard Picton, uh, who was the photographer. Are you the casting director or the agent for all these people?" And I was like, "Well, what's the difference?" <laughs> and she said, um, um, "I think she was a bit taken aback." She says, "Well, I mean the." agent gets a percentage of the the actors and a casting director gets paid off the top i'm like well i'm the casting director um and so that was like my first ad um and uh, 60 sumac street was filled with photographers so i got a couple more jobs and then i took those jobs around and said that i've been doing this forever um, but this was the best example of my work Wow. And that's how I started. So you just feel like I'm a casting director now. Exactly. Oh, I got it. I think my first card was uh, because I hadn't finished school. I said Shasta Lutz WIC because I always wanted initials. Um, and WIC was woman in charge. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Yeah. So you never, but you never did go back to school, right? No. Just, yeah. Nope. So you just. Tri- For d- all you kids out there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Whatever. Just rock just and do roll. it. Just do it. So. Did you open it? You just ran no. an agency? Yeah. So I, so I just, I was like this, I think I made like, you know, I don't know, like maybe $1,600 from September to December. And then I just kind of kept going out there and uh, made a little business plan um, about, you know, who I knew. And I was introduced to uh, Carlo Truly, who ran Revolver Films at that time. Uh, my success is definitely um, through introductions and kindness of people reaching down to give me a hand. Uh, Carlo Truly definitely was one of them. He took me out for lunch. Uh, and uh, the next day I got a call to see if I could, um, you know, cast a video. Uh, they were like the number one kind of music video place in the city. I got to meet like Curtis Wayfritz. And it just kind of started like that. And um I mean, here we are in 2022, and I've probably cast over 8,000 commercials and 50 short films. You were the first casting director I ever worked with when I uh, I started in the industry. I love that. 100%. And you're still the WIC. You're still the woman in charge. Right on. So, So... You stayed at Sumac Street. You've now opened Jigsaw. Why Jigsaw? Why, yeah. What's the, well, what's this the is, name? This is a what's funny the question. There? I mean, this is a funny question. So from like 91 to 96, I was just kind of like an independent. And then um, uh, I was tired of like people showing up at 730 or faxes coming in. I'm really dating myself. Uh, and somebody's like, well, you know, you should get an office. And I was like, an office? And I happened to be casting for this guy, Derek Case, who's actually uh, a business partner of mine, uh, a mentor, uh, a father figure for many years. And he's like, I've got a little space for, you know, I don't know, what can you afford? 500 bucks, 600 bucks? So I started literally on the ground floor and worked my way up to the third floor. Uh, and I moved in in 96 and I never left. Oh, man, this is so cool. Thank and you. So, and so... Now, now let's fast forward to this casting, looking at 800 casting tapes. Yeah. You said you have a whole team now who helps you do that. So what, what is Jigsaw today? So uh, like? Jigsaw has um, one of my, um, like my left hand gal, Diana Ricci, who I said to her the other day, I'm like, girl, is it like 15 years? And she's like, it is 16. So she is my, like, she's, she's me. Um, she's also the person I turn to and say, can we take this on? Or uh, I say to my clients, I don't know, let me ask the boss. 
Diana <laughs> is uh, my my um, casting associate, and she's also kind of like my production manager. Um, so she's full time. I've got two wonderful new coordinators. Uh, I've got Trevor, who's been with me for uh, eleven or twelve years now, maybe more. I met him at a spy party. We were smoking a joint, and I was like man, what do you mean you run camera? Do you want to run camera for me? And so he never left. Oh, man. Um, and I've got a series of really great um, uh, freelance people. And I'm really proud to say that I think that I'm the only casting director in the city that has salaried positions with full full 100% benefits. Wow. That was important to me because I didn't have that when I worked for the, for the Healy's. And how does the process work with, let's talk about it on the other side, like the acting side. You talked about casting 800 people and they wanted non-union. Can you help explain, like, what's union, what's non-union, and then how do you even go about finding talent? Yeah, so there's, um, so union talent are people that are like, um, you know, I want to do this, I want to do this for a career. And, you know, you stay non-union for as long as you can. A casting director will always say, stay non-union. But if somebody would be say to say, like, well, what would a friend say or an agent? It would be to turn a union as quick as you can. Because you get, you know, benefits and you get minimum wages. And, um, you know, my job is to find people. And the, you know, we have been tasked with finding um, uh, uh, an Asian albino amputee girl swimmer is that like, really a crazy wow. just crazy people with old hands with arthritis um and so what happens usually at the beginning of every job or before it awards is somebody says okay this is what we're looking for how do we find it so there are traditional routes which is through the um the talent agencies who represent both union and non-union talent okay um one of the things as a casting director, certainly when you're casting, is um, the creatives are seeing a lot of people, and so they get bored. They don't want, you know, in the old days it used to be, it's true, in the old days it used to be like, oh, so-and-so, you know, say you're doing a home hardware commercial. Yeah. And they're they're like, oh, man, Justin Landry, he used to be like the face of Lowe's like three years ago, even mm-hmm. though he's not in conflict. Yeah. Is that uh, when he was the hammer? Exactly. Yeah, I remember exactly. That. Yeah. Which shouldn't be an issue. But right. now wh- what's happened is that like now you're on like a BMO spot and they're like, oh, Justin Landry, he used to be the it's like, come on, man, like cut this guy a break. <laughs> you know, when he's we a very did, talented guy. Exactly. Yes. When when we did How to Dad, um, which was with James Gangle, I mean oh, every, that spot. it won so many awards. It it allowed this guy to be able to, you know, get his visa to go to the States. Oh, really? But it was it was only a digital ad. And so I felt so bad for him because I literally cut off his career by hiring him because nobody else wanted him because he was so identifiable. But if you were to ask your partner, um, you know, that you live with who's not in the business, he'd be like, yeah, no, I've never seen that guy before. He's great. So then let's talk about that. Do we as um, we I'm saying we like the creatives in this industry cut off, cut ourselves off from talent for reasons that aren't like that the public doesn't care about. I think so. I think so. Um, you know, obviously there is something, there is truth to some overexposure, you know, especially really good actors, they get used. So I totally get that. But I also think that, um, you know, it's good to check in with somebody else because they're seeing so many casting tapes or they don't remember that that was like three or four years ago. Um, and, you know, if you don't have a conflict, then you should be, you should be suitable for the role. There is so much talent in this country, in the city. Um, how do you find the fresh new faces? Like, do you do you go out and are you out in uh, theaters and or, or do you just trust the, uh, the talent agents? Like, what? no, I mean, so certainly um, when we are talking about the scope of a job, so there's the traditional side of doing things, and then it's like, okay, how am I going to fill these holes? And that uh, holes could be somebody with a disability. Um, Somebody who speaks uh, Swedish, um, somebody who is a synchronized swimmer. So traditional, uh, and then there is the real people aspect of it. Um, and you know, we did a we did a campaign um, for Tylenol, and it was FIFA. And so it was you know you're trying to find people from every different culture. I literally went to Guelph to a singles dance to try and find some Dutch men. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. 
So yeah. you're out there in the trenches still to find these really interesting Yeah, I towns. mean, the great thing is, like, so when I first got started, I mean, uh, there were no computers. So a lot of things were phone books and uh, going down to the dive bars or, um, you know, going to skating rinks and putting up notices. So certainly the um, social media has really helped us. Um, and we've um, been at it for so long that we have a, a really long reach because we've cast almost everything. And so uh, if we if we can't find it, we just need a little bit of time to, to dig down. So let's talk about what you called um, one of the most complex projects of your career, which is the Pan Am work. Can you talk to me about that work and how you made it happen? I can. So, you know, what's really exciting... Um, and what still excites me to this day is you just have no idea what kind of call you're going to get. And so you're just sitting there and, you know, an email comes in. Hey, uh, it's Lexi from Untitled. I've got this job for uh, for Phil that we're quoting, Phil Brown. Um, it's for Pan Am Games. Have a little look. Call me and let me know what you think. And I, you like you open this up and you're like, what? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, and it was filled with, I mean, there was two parts to this. There were two spots. There was like an athletic spot that had um, gymnasts and baseball players and martial artists and kayakers and canoers and, uh, I mean, uh, horse jumpers and fencing. And then there was a second part of it, which was supposed to be fans from around the world. Okay. And uh, it was um, uh, like an eight or 10 day shoot. And I would say that this is um, probably the biggest career in my life. Sorry, the biggest campaign in my life. Uh, we we booked close to 300 people. Oh, man. And, Which uh, means you had to see thousands to get down to 300. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. And it was it was so exciting because, you know, um, they would be like, oh, and we also need some um, uh, we also need to do something for the Paralympics. So can you also find us, please, some, uh, you know, wheelchair races, racers and, and blade runners. And and you're just like, oh, man, it's just it's it's going. Um, I had a really big team and I, I spoke with Trudy Turner, who was my line producer. Um, uh, maybe about a week ago and we were reminiscing a little bit and, and this job, like so much of casting is not, um, finding people. It's con convincing people to do it. Okay. So like, for instance, um, Phil, uh, who likes to do a little bit of his own kind of, you know, uh, um, you know, going into like, say Kensington market to see what he can dig up. Mm -hmm. He would like send me this kind of blurry photo. He's like, Hey man, sorry. Afterthought didn't get the name, but I think this person would be great for the couch scene. And I'm like, Phil, can you give me anything else? Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah. They sold these kind of like bean patties. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. So, I mean, but that's exciting. Yeah. You know, it's so exciting. And you get to meet, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, what's what's casting like? Do you get to meet a whole bunch of famous people? And and it's like, um, you know, I met so, so many inspiring athletes. Um, and we're dealing with managers and we're dealing with um, uh, real people and we're dealing with uh, actors. And uh, somebody's like, Adam Vancouverton's on the phone. Um, apparently, uh, his agents turned you down, but he's really interested. And I'm like, tell him it's too late. Um, like, it was like super exciting. And then on the um, the other side of it was the fact that Barb Gibson, who was our, our agency producer, I mean, she had the hardest job because she had three levels of government to go through. She had the job, Pan Am, which was a government job, um, and then uh, provincial and federal. So it was a really, it was it was a monster. And I will say that it is, um, I'm super proud of, of what we accomplished. What do you think are the, what are the, the hurdles you deal with on a daily basis? Like what? What stops the process from from flowing? I think um, I think one of the biggest issues is um, like sometimes I'm like, listen, we're good, but we're not like we're not miracle workers. So, mm -hmm. you know, in the old days, we used to have time and money and then we had time or money. Yeah. And now we don't have time or money. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I would say that, um, you know, time is probably our, our, our biggest thing. It is a quick speed to market these days. It is a very... It, it is. It is. Yeah. We're shooting next week. Cast yeah. these hundred people, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, so much of what I do is, you know, it's not just the casting side of it, but it's the managing of expectations. Um, you know, we, we turn stuff down 
And this could be the stupidest or best business, you know, um, idea. We're just so afraid of screwing something up. And so if we can't give 110%, then we'd rather turn it down than be fired off of a job because that has happened. I have taken on too much, um, you know, wanting to please or, uh, you know, needing the money or whatever. So I, I, I learned luckily pretty early. Um, I think that you'll get more respect to turn something down um, if you can't give everything. Because once you actually accept the job, they forget that like, you know, you're busy or you can't attend that recall or you've changed the date to accommodate something. So um, yeah, I would say that hurdles would be time, time and then money. How can creatives be better partners in the casting process? Like what, what, you know, okay, time to submit the casting specs, says my producer. Yeah. What do you like to see in a casting spec? Well, I mean, first of all, things have changed so much since um, Black Lives Matter and George Floyd. Um, it's probably the best thing that ever happened. Um, I uh, I received a, 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 a just a typical kind of casting um, that I had just seen a million times before and never questioned. And I posted on my Facebook. I'm like, guys, do we have this wrong? Like, I'm hearing Black Lives Matter, not like African-Canadian Lives Matter or African-American Lives Matter. So in casting, you know, they would say Caucasian or African-American. And so I, I put this out on Facebook and it's like in 10 minutes, there was 252 comments. Wow. Um, and, you know, some of them were, were mean. Some of them were people looking at my site just saying I only had like a Mexican guy and an Asian girl working there. And then others were saying that I should be paying for people's opinion and then other ones I think saw that I was really trying to ask a question Mm -hmm. and the the one comment that stands out to me was thank you for asking every time I saw this spec it made me cringe really yeah so uh things have really changed in the last couple of years so what can what can somebody do um just give us time to to you know um to, to figure out the proper terms and terminology for sure um, we are, things have changed a lot in two years in terms of the, what is front of mind for a lot of clients is BIPOC. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would also say that we are missing the I in BIPOC. And I think that there's this expectation that, you know, we've been really working hard at DNI in the last couple of years. Um, why is the needle not moving further? And the fact is, is that when you have excluded a group of people, for so many years, um, they need time to, to, to come, to get good, to take classes, to get an agent. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, often when creatives are looking at something, um, they are looking for somebody to tick all the boxes. And the fact is, is that, um, you know, that's, that's really hard. You must have um, a really great relationship with the agents who are in our industry as well to help bring in these new new voices and new um, new and and also experience like to bring in the right talent to bring these yeah. pieces to life. Yeah, I mean the best thing that's happened in COVID, like when I try and look at like positives, is that the self tape um, option has allowed me to search further mm. uh, and wider than I ever had. Um, you know, when you're casting in studio and you have a certain amount of room, you know, you're going to you, you we our philosophy was always like, let's bring in good people, but let's take a chance because we can cut those people out and just, you know, send the people that that are the best. Um, but in self tapes, you know, sometimes we take 20 percent off um, because we just want to take a chance and give somebody an opportunity and be and be surprised. So, uh, you know, a lot of times um I have this little thing and I call it um, um, fresh meat. And I just posted on my Facebook, um, as I do other things like Dear Industry, talking to people about, you know, uh, accents and specs that I'm seeing that just don't jive. Mm -hmm. And so fresh meat is just a fresh face. And I'm telling you that eight times out of 10, that person is booked by me within two or three weeks. So with and, and these people don't have an agent. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they don't. I've either found them through um, social media, or uh, it's a new face at an agency where they haven't come out for an audition. And I'll just be like, "Come on in. Our job as casting directors is to pry, 
to is to provide fresh faces. They don't always work, but when they do, it's pretty exciting. So if okay, let's let's say you are a person who's trying to break into the industry. Is yeah. is is it is it social? Is it finding an agent? Is it using social media? Like how do they how do they get to you? So most of the casting directors in the city have um, professional um, social sites, uh, Insta, Facebook. And so when we have a, a, a tough job, like um, looking for somebody who can double dutch, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Things that maybe you can't find or, you know, looking for somebody who can uh, uh, roller skate as opposed to roller blade. Right. Or looking, looking for twins or looking for, you know, whatever it is. Um, that's a great way to meet us because we either have a budget conscious job um, or we're struggling through a traditional route. So we'll post it um, on social. Like I just did this for Canadian Tire uh, last week. Uh, my clients wanted um, um, a mom who was really good at basketball. Now my director said it didn't matter so much, but my creative said that it did. So often as a casting director, it's like, who do you listen to? Well, you kind of have to listen to both. You have another Canadian Tire story that you were going to share. Speaking I do. Of Canadian Tire. I do. Oh, nice, nice lead-in. Um, so, uh, like I said, you're just sitting there, and something comes in, and uh, Eugene, who was over at um, Taxi, was like, "Hey, um, you know, we're looking for. Uh, here's some scripts. Uh, tell me how. What do you think? You know, uh, this is what we're looking for: comedic male." Um, you know, 30s, um, somebody with some improvability, um, and we want to introduce kind of like a spokesperson. So definitely it's like, oh, do you kind of reveal all your cards at the top? Uh, would you scare somebody away? Like, how do you do this? So we decided that we would offer... I think it was like six to eight spots. And so I post this out to the agents. I am definitely looking for professional union actors. There's no question. Yeah. That's not to say that somebody might slip in that's like new or something that you take a chance on, but we know what we're looking for. And I am just sitting there and I'm waiting for Noble Kaplan, um, for Kate Eisner to send her submissions in. And uh, Kate, um, who has uh, who retired when COVID hit, um, is one of the most incredible um, passionate agents ever who was the biggest pain in my ass. <laughs> I got to tell you, I mean, she was really difficult, but she was so knowledgeable. And, um, you know, for all of the things that drove me crazy about her, she gave everything. If I was an actor, I'd want her to represent me. And she, she's not, she's not submitting. In fact, she's not going to submit on my job. And I'm like, what's the problem? And she's like, did you see the last Canadian tire spots? She's like, the writing was terrible. Um, there's like, nobody likes these two. I don't want any of my talent to be wrapped up in there. Oh, like the old, old the stuff. The old, old spots yeah, with yeah. Ted and Gloria. Right, right. Like the couple, and apparently Ted was getting some death threats and stuff. What, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for some reason, th this was not a couple that was liked, especially him. And there was, you know, there was, I mean, if Reddit would have been around then, it would have just been on fire. Yeah. Okay, so Kate's protecting her people. Exactly. She's saying, no thanks. Yeah, and I'm like, hey, have you read this? scripts yeah and she's like don't even have to <laughs> and i was like you know what kate i've known you for a long time i am asking you to read the scripts in fact i would really like you to submit these people uh including paul constable who was a second city guy um he's like top tier i think it'd be amazing and she's like no like like what if he gets it like he'll never be able to do anything else and i'm like exactly yeah <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Paul Constable is now the highest paid Canadian actor in Canada. And it's been a successful run. It's been 10, 10 years? I'd say it's been at least 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say it's been at least 10 years. And I mean, wow, how great is that? So he's able to do some voice stuff, some movie stuff. I believe he's a real estate agent. And um, and we and we do laugh about that, you know, um, um, that she didn't submit and uh, and that he got it. I'm like, I told you so. I mean, sometimes you just know. Well, Sometimes that, you just know who's who's going to be great. You have a clear passion for people and finding talent, and you're so naturally good at going back to casting for that Molson ad. With yeah. Food. yeah, more people like you, find yeah, your friends. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You clearly love it and speak so passionately about it and love the industry and where it's going, and it seems like you've really evolved with Evolved with the times. I've but, tried to. But you know what I mean? Like you're talking about, you know, union and non-union and finding a more diverse voice to bring to bring. 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that I think as a I think as a as a female casting director, like when I first got into the business, um, there were two top tier uh, female casting directors, um, and they're gone now. So I'm pretty much the only female commercial casting director. Um, like I call the well, we call ourselves. I don't even want to tell you because it's bragging. No, no, I want to hear but, it. But we're but like we're like we're we're at the top W-I-C. three. Well, we're the top three <laughs> casting directors. Yeah, and uh, and we're actually very tight. Um, we talk a lot, um, especially That's with great. what's happening when we're going back. We try and be reunited. Um, and so, um, oh, where was I going with this? Oh, just that you've evolved so oh, much. Yeah. So when I first started, um, you know, and then you're finding your voice as a woman, you know, you would see these um, these specs and it would be like uh, 10 construction workers for Tim Hortons, like all males. Yeah. And I would be like hoping that I could be here by like, Come on, man. There's always like that cute girl with like the flag. Yeah. And like, maybe can we just have like one woman foreman or something? And, you know, most times it would be like, oh, we didn't really even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Why not? Or, you know, you're um, again, it's the president is a male, you know, often a white male. And you're like, can a woman be a president? I guess it could be either or. Yeah. Yeah. I guess it could be. And so I really am proud of you know, pushing things forward. And do you think that now that there's more women in the creative side of the industry, like uh, certainly from when I started to now, there's a much more diversity within the creative department, for example, not just women, but but BIPOC and, and more voices at the table. Have you seen that inform casting specs? You know, I can tell you that I was on a job the other day and uh, we're working on a creative and, um, you know, there's, 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 there's a role that we're casting that we worry about um, maybe offensive from a different time. And the creative team and the directors, with me just nodding, thinking like, you guys are the effing bomb. They're like, you know what? This is the best actor. This person should get the job. But let's float this around to people of color and make sure that this is not offensive. Because they're like, it was a generally a very white room. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that's really good. You know, the the the, the thing is, um, I was speaking to my casting friend the other day, and the agency in the U.S. was coming up, and they were demanding that there be um, a certain number of BIPOC performers on set, which is, I mean, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, let's get let, let let's get that straight. But it's also hard, you know. Um, because they might be somewhere else, or they haven't had the opportunity, or where do you find a DOP that's available? Um, it's something, in, even though it's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, these are, 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 we're working towards this. And the exec said, listen, we can certainly accommodate your 70% DNI um, request, as long as um, that's what we're seeing of the people that get off the plane. And the fact is, is that 16 out of the 17 people at the agency were white. And dudes, so, yeah, probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Yeah. So it's not. It's listen. It's not. It's it's so amazing. Like I work with some amazing uh, people, male, female. Um, there's. It's great to see women in positions of power. I just worked with my second set of female directors, sports car. They were just so amazing. Um, and so it's. Um, it's. I'd say that it's definitely moving in the right direction. But I think that we need to keep trying harder. You you mentioned money and budget that there used to be like millions of dollars for one tv spot right like yeah. how has that changed with because do you cast now for social media too and the budgets are um yeah. they're small because they're spread they're spread across so many different touch points yeah i mean listen i i think i'm pretty lucky like we have um we you know I, one time somebody said to me uh when i was like you know what do people think about me because this has always been something, you know, that we think about, like, because you want to be liked. And I, I don't know when, when I came to it, but I realized that not everybody is going to like you. And then I just think to myself, like, fuck them. I'm a nice person that works really hard. And, and it's okay not for not everybody not to like me. Um, and I can't even remember where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just, no, but I, I, I find that hard to believe. You're so likable. And I want to hear all your stories from uh, the, the band days. Oh, and, yeah, for and, sure. And like, you have the most amazing stories. But but just like, you know, when you started off, you were casting big beer commercials oh, with yeah. million dollar budgets. Yeah. And now it's like, can well, you do this TikTok dance? You know what? The thing is, is that, um, you know, sometimes like sometimes it's it's really ridiculous. Um 
and and I also want to say that uh, there's always a way to do it. Like sometimes the budgets are like, hey, we need all of this. And I'm like, well, um, why don't we just do like an attended one shot casting? You know, instead of like a, a casting and a recall, because then we can save that recall money. Oh, OK. Or, so sorry. So can you explain that? It's like. Yeah. So so typically what happens, whether it's COVID or not, is that there's initial auditions and there's recalls. OK. And so if there's not enough money, I mean, if you can get rid of the recall and go off of original tapes, great. Like trust your gut and go exactly. for it. Exactly. Or okay. if you want to treat it more like a film audition, like mm-hmm. I'm going to bring you your my best six people per role and we'll do like um, uh, an initial session that you guys attend. Uh, so that's a way to cut out, say, recalls. Um, and sorry, when you said like a film audition, is film different than advertising? Oh, way different. It is? Oh, yeah, way different. And do you do, you do film casting as well? You know what? I don't, I don't publicize it. Okay. Um, well, now I, you do because you're Yeah, show. I mean, yeah. Hey, Shasta. I mean, the, but the fact is the people that know that I do this, I do this on the side. I do this to um, be a complete happy person because sometimes this whole commercial world it is a grind yeah it is a really hard job that has long hours and little um side projects like i just did one for um hubert davis uh and it's uh it's called um black ice and it's the story of uh bipoc hockey players uh, that he's directing um and he needed to find in some um hockey players of when um they went through this uh racist um time so he's uh, there was like four or five uh, heroes uh, and I had to like match them up and I couldn't find them I didn't have great money I had like 400 bucks a person which is not great money in COVID uh, and I couldn't find them and it had to be non-union and I couldn't find them through the agency so I did a social media thing yeah and I'm like hey are you cool to have some fresh you know some fresh talent and he's like yeah absolutely which is what I love about him um, and so this to me is like to be able to work um with an Oscar-nominated director yeah. who I know you've interviewed. Yeah, he's like, amazing. And you feel like a little tiny supermodel around him, right? Like, yeah. I just want to, any if there's a way to be around him yeah. and to also work on a project. Um, we've done, I think, three films together. We did Aruba. Um, and so, and I've done this with other people as well. But I just do it as like a tiny little, I would say it's a side hustle, but it's not really a hustle because I don't really get paid for it. I do it for just discount down so what is the di- what's the difference between casting for film and casting for commercials and what it- are we doing it wrong on the commercial side no no i mean certainly um you know first of all i feel like there's a bit of a difference between american and canadian clients i think um, okay american clients like their philosophy is i want to see everybody even if they suck to show that you like looked under every rock okay and i feel like canadian creatives um, they um, don't want to be carpet bomb casting. They right. want you to look through stuff. They want you to bring the best people that we can afford. Uh, and that's uh, an approach that I'm in line with. Yeah. I don't like, I mean, anybody can just bring in a thousand people and maybe they'll find somebody. I, I mean, they Who probably the will. Ta- like as a creative person, I don't have time to, I, I yeah. value your expertise. Yeah. Like, bring, who do you think brings this piece of creative exactly. to life? Exactly. So certainly, you know, there are some jobs that are even just time-wise, like, um, okay, how are we going to get through all this? How are we going to recall all this? Well, maybe let's only recall our hero roles. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, it's 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 every job is different and it just deserves a little bit of, um, you know, alignment at the very top of it. Well, Shasta, this has been an amazing conversation and I feel like I want to sit on a patio with you and nice. hear yes. all the stories because there's so many. Yeah. Can can you leave us with one like just great story that if we were on a patio having a pitcher well, of beer like that you would share with me? I can I can I can share with you um, the commitment of the actors that are in this great city of ours. Okay, I love it. I'm uh, I'm doing like a fisherman friend kind of campaign mm-hmm. and. Um, the uh, one of the specs are two guys sword fighting. So obviously we can't have them sword fighting uh, in the casting room. Right. Because uh, they're going to kill each other. So, you know. <laughs> like dollar um, store. This exa- well, exactly. Is that what it is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> My kids have Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. So I go to like the local dollar store. Um, and again, I am looking for guys that are, are like do have some kind of whether they've got stunt ability or they've got some chore- um, choreography or they've got, you know, something like that. And 
So they don't so, need specific sword play. Exactly. Exactly. Movement. Exactly. Okay. And so and and so much of this is look. I'm like I'm looking fencing, for that's beasts. The word I was yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking for beasts. These are actually swords, not fencing. Okay. And so, so like okay. Yeah. So I go to like Dollarama <laughs> and I pick up some 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 kid swords okay. from like I don't know probably. Uh, China for like a dollar ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm and they the and they are like doing some fake sorting uh, in the room, and you know the sword, um, the fake plastic sword is two pieces that come together, and it has this little razor thin plastic part that the actor gets cut and he gets cut on his thumb well what? actually it's even more these than that these are for children what are these yeah yeah no this is like this this public is... service announcement don't buy your kids i was like oh my god thank them. god this is not a union job oh my god and all of a sudden like this guy is bleeding and i'm like i'm like okay stop cut and i'm like man how Literally are cut. you how are you he's like yeah no i definitely i'm definitely cut and i'm like do you need to go to the hospital and he's like i think so and i'm like oh my god that looks terrible and the other guy who's watching this that kind of did this to him like this 300 pound viking is just white in the face and he's like oh my god i'm so sorry man i'm so sorry so i'm like i'm gonna call an ambulance for you right now and Look, he's is like, there, it's like a serious cut it's like this is like well i'm not sure how bad it is because there's so much blood oh my god and and I'm just thinking of like how I'm going to explain this. Uh, and but anyways, this actor says to me, he's like, he's like, I know, but we only did one take. Don't you need another one? The bleeding guy says, yeah, this? yeah. And I was like, I was like, come on, James. And he's like, no, seriously, don't worry. I'll just wrap this up. Like, come on, man. I'm going to be at the hospital for like six hours. I really want this job. He triaged himself. He and triaged kept going? himself, and he's like, let's do another take. And I was like, okay, man, let's do it. There's like blood on the yeah. casting room. Oh yeah, floor. I still have stains on my floor. Shut oh, up! Yeah. Really? Yeah, for sure. I've had broken noses. I've had people their face go through the wall. Like you know, an actor will come in, um, and my director's there. And uh, and normally, what I do for any kinds of things, also like for my insurance, <laughs> is um, I'm be like, I've you know, like here's this guy. Like let's just make sure that he can sip the milk, but he can do parkour. Look, I've got his YouTube site, right? Yeah. And the guy will say to the director, um, would you like to see me do a somersault, like, you know, from where I'm standing? And you can hear the director saying yes and me at the same time going no. No! <laughs> exactly, no. And Buddy does it. And then, his, like, his face is broken on my floor. And I'm like, man, we got the videos. Like, we don't, we don't need to see this. So, anyways, my friends who are, like, you know, editors and teachers, they're like, you've got the best job in the world. And I'm like, you know what? I do. You know, I have to give it, like you said, you have incredible talent that comes in. I have to give it to the actors who come in to these sessions. And really, like all of them are there putting putting it out there and asking to be judged on a daily basis. I, I, I could not do that job. Oh, I couldn't. I mean, I'm like even I'm so happy this is radio. But I mean, we are just so hard on ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to like time, like so many times. And somebody will call me and they'll be like, hey, can we get some feedback from so-and-so? And I'm like, did a great job. Like, in the commercial world of things, it's like, too tall, too short. We already have two women. We needed a guy. Diversity is something. Um, you know, sometimes the best people don't get the job. But it's not because they, they're not great. It's just like, like oh, reading a little too young, you know? Yeah. So it's yeah. like, oh, we already had a blonde girl or, you know, it's just, it's it's so tough. And I've got so much respect for them, especially the, the comedians, how they come in and they elevate these scripts and uh, they just make me look so good. And sometimes it's the client, by the way. Sometimes we as creatives love, love, love the talent and really know they're going to bring this but it still has to go up the line. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, listen, when I was telling you about going to Guelph to that that Dutch dating thing, uh, <laughs> this, was with, this, was, uh, this was with one of my favorite uh, producers. He had just joined uh, JWT as the head of broadcast. And uh, I'm working with the Plorians, who um, I think are just incredible geniuses. Um, we, we just... Uh, past 100 jobs together. Wow. Which is, I think, a huge achievement. That's amazing. That I haven't been fired, you know. Also that you know that you kept record. That I do. Like, this is... I do, because they wow. also are like, you know that guy that we used for Candy Crush? I'm like, in 2016? Yep, let me get him. You know? What? You have... You keep all of that on file? I do for directors that work regularly and like to go back. Absolutely. That's amazing. Oh, you have to. You have to. That's um, amazing. And then I could be like, oh, uh, they're still non-union. Sorry, they're union. But no, there's... Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I just had to do that for Tim Hamilton. He's like, I need this. And I'm like, okay, let me go back to the file and see what we have. So you just um, did 100 with the Pelorium Brothers. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, I think we're at 102. But anyway, so I'm on this job with uh, with the Pelorians, and I've gone to this like Dutch dance. Right. There's like, it's like, a, it's a huge uh, recall. It's day two, and we're on 131, and there's 137 guys um, uh, and girls to be seen. And Andrew comes in and he just, he, something's wrong. And I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, they've just canceled the job. <gasps> the Dutch, the Dutch yeah. thing doesn't happen? Yeah, yeah. And I had Germans, I had like this German barrel chested guy. I had these amazing Korean guys that I had found like at a patio. Uh, like it was just so disappointing. So sometimes these things just, they die on the vine. Well, I hope you went out for a big pint of something I can't, delicious. I can't, and- no, I think I was pretty depressed. Oh. I think I was pretty depressed. Oh, I think everybody no. was, you know, because it's not, it's like you just, you know, you've got so much invested. And of course, I had lied to these guys that I was single, um, you know, to get them into a casting. You know, I, I've one of the best stories ever was um, when... Uh, what was the first dating site that came out? Um, oh, Lava Life? Yeah, Lava Life. So Lava Life had the ability to search your perfect match by putting in um, like a radius and a type. So I'm doing like uh, Moors, uh, but I'm doing like the big and tall uh, guys. So I need good looking guys, but not models because the models are just like 42 and, you know, six feet. Yeah. I needed like, I needed like six foot four guys. So I, I talked to Sylvia, who runs our real people. I'm like, Sylvia, because she's this cute little Asian girl. And I'm like, put up your picture. Like, put up that one with the hot earrings. Oh, you look so good in that one. So we bought some credits for Lava Life. And she just That's like so blasted all these guys. And they all came in for casting. And we were able to get that cast. Oh, my God. That's so fantastic. You got to do what you got to do. Have you ever cast someone or like discovered anyone and they've gone on to do... Hollywood. Yeah, you know, like I was thinking about that on my way down. Like, I don't have any like Keanu kind of stories. I mean, we've definitely seen uh, Malin Ackerman, who was on Billions in the Room. I'm pretty sure Hayden Christensen probably came by. Oh, that's so cool. But, you know, it's not those people that will stay with me when I'm sitting there at 90 and looking at my reel. It's, um, It's the work that I've done for Dove for over 15 years. Like, I got to meet... A woman who created us in a synthetic insulin. Wow. We shone a spotlight um, that Mandy Moore did with us, where we sh- we took it away from the celebrity and shone it on like real women. Yeah. And like I met this woman who who created like a a fire retardant fabric. And um, Severin Suzuki, um, you know, who at age eight was standing in front of the who I got to. Those are the people that I will remember for the rest of my life, Um, not the celebrities that I got to meet. Well, Shasta, this has been an amazing conversation. I'm so glad I got to have a little Shasting session of my own today. And I can't wait to do an- another job with you again soon. Awesome. I, I, I have a whole new love and respect for what you do. Thank, so thank you, you so much. I really appreciating, um, appreciate being heard. And thanks for being on the show. All right. Shasta, thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you listeners for tuning into the ADCC podcast that proves it's not just about creativity. It's about actually getting it created. The Advertising and Design Club of Canada is a nonprofit organization dedicated to encouraging excellence in Canadian advertising and design. Follow us on Instagram at the ADCC and email us anytime, created at the ADCC.ca.